Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. Head on over to sinusoid.com and check out their fine selection of cables. They have a 100-year warranty. They sure do. And uh, when that warranty's up, that cable's going to come back as a spooky ghost cable and haunt you for another 100 years and your grandchildren and, and their next of kin. It'll be a family ghost cable that never leaves and always follows around the, uh, the seat of your loins. Ooh, spooky ghost cable. Is that a thing people are, are going to want? Is that really a strong selling point? Uh, this, buy this cable. It'll haunt you. Haunting mids. <laughs> <laughs> buy this cable. It will hang around your gravesite for <laughs> hundreds of years <laughs> after you die. <laughs> Buy this cable, hey, available hey. in hazy gray Texflex, just like that. I'm still saying Texflex. <laughs> Some say if you visit Steve Rowe's grave, to this day, you can hear the sound of a high-quality cable. Who's Steve Rowe? <laughs> Rowe? Rowe? Dang it, Ryan. I can't remember your last name. said my last name wrong. <laughs> it's Rowe because it's different than the TV guy. The TV guy's Rowe. He's Row and yeah. you're, you're Row. That's right. Yeah. It's Wow, not Jeebus. Ro. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. <laughs> I screwed up your name. <laughs> All right. Sinusoid.com. They make cables and smiles and spooky ghost cables. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to CC Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing, haunting podcast. Ooh, happy day before Halloween. It's our annual spooky episode, Halloween spectacular that we've never done before. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going with this? I don't know. I'm just full of the Halloween spirit. <laughs> I'm committed to doing this the whole episode. All so right. buckle in, kids. It's going to be a stupid ride. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess what's new, Ryan? Uh, what's new with me is that I wrote a tiny little article that is going to be in the show happening up in San Francisco at San Francisco State University. Uh, the opening reception is on November 2nd, which is this week. Yep. Uh, it is called Pedal Culture, the Guitar Effects Pedal as a Cultural Artifact. And from what I understand, there's going to be a lot of effects pedals there and little articles for every single pedal on display and all sorts of fun things to, uh, to explore and check out concerning the guitar pedal as like an art piece, basically. Yep. So I got to write a fun little article about uh, the, uh, the Dan Electra Psycho Flange. And uh, maybe I'll read it. Uh, next oh, yeah, next cool. week, because it'll already be into this show going on. Yeah. It, it runs October 31st to November 17th. Yeah. So, so that makes sense because it says that the opening reception is November 2nd. Well, so I think what they're doing is it's the gallery is opening on the 31st, but they're actually having like, like a party. A party ah, on gotcha. November 2nd. 
So if you're that makes in, sense. If you are in the Bay Area, go check it out. Yeah. It'll be cool. I got to see some of the other uh, reviews, and they looked pretty fun, too. I actually sent a pedal of my own that I own to uh, be part of the exhibition. I sent in my Dan Electra Spring King. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Go check that thing out. Yeah. Uh, uh, for more information, look at the image that I posted. Yeah. If I post it, I should post it. Um, or shoot an email over to pedalculture at att.net. You should go definitely go check it out. If you survive Halloween, a spooky episode. <laughs> You're really going to try to make this happen. <laughs> Most people are going to listen to this episode well after Halloween. <laughs> this is really that's, stupid. That's their loss. All right, Steve. Uh, this is the part of the show where you tell me what's new with you. Yeah. Um, so I had, had a couple things to pick, and one of them we're going to talk about next week. Because what I want to talk about this week is I went and saw Hanson on their 25th anniversary tour on Tuesday. 25th anniversary. That makes me feel old. Yeah. They uh, formed as a band, I guess, in like 1992. And then they had like... No. You mean they like the last one of them was born in 1992? (laughs) (laughs) Well, basically, yes. Um, Like the youngest brother was born and they're like, we're a band now. (laughs) Um, so, and of course they like broke into the mainstream in like about 20 years ago, like 1997, 1998, uh, with like one massive hit and a couple semi okay doing songs. I don't remember any other, other songs other than the hit. Almost nobody does. Um, this was actually, it was really interesting to, cause I went into work the next day and I was talking about it. And a lot of my coworkers, one of my coworkers, the craziest thing, I'm talking to different people, and like I've all I've always known that they've been continuous. Well, since getting married, at least, like I've known that they were continuous because my wife is like super into them. Uh-huh. And, uh, um, but what I didn't know um, was that like they've just been doing it on their own, like and, independent. Yeah. So so. Um, it's just really, it's just really like there. So I don't, re- I think maybe 10 years ago, they put out like a documentary hmm. and it, it's on YouTube in like 12 parts. What? Cause it was back before YouTube. You could upload a full thing. Yeah. So it's all like, basically it's like an hour long or maybe hour and a half long documentary, but it's every commercial break is the end of a video. Okay. Um, so I watched like the back half of it. Um, but basically their story is they put out their first album, uh, their first major label album, and then their second one. And in the process of making the third one, they kept getting into like big disagreements with like the record company they were with. And I'm trying to, hopefully I remember this right. Then their record company was dissolved and all the artists got bounced over to Island Def Jam, which is like a rap label. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and so now they're stuck with like all these like producers and like A&R people, who are like, yeah, so uh, usually I work with Jay-Z, but I guess I'm working with you guys now. <laughs> and so I, I don't know exactly how it all worked out, but they were like, yeah, can we just, we have our third album done. Nobody knows how to promote it. Can we just go like be released from this and go on tour, please? <laughs> so they, they've been independent for like the last 15 years huh? and just putting out music. They started their own, like well, they're making the, it work, I guess. Yeah. They, they started their own label and doing the stuff anyway. So that's like a weird history thing that like the band that everyone see 
in their memory as like, oh, it's they're a joke band. Like they're well, what? Like I think joke is a strong word. Right. I think I think you're <clears throat> maybe no, I, I think a lot of people saw them as a novelty act because they were young. And the novelty was that they were very young. That when they came out, uh, the youngest brother I think was eleven when they broke Jeez. out. Um, can, you be, can you imagine being eleven? Yeah. Can you imagine and being going like on a world a nationally, tour? globally famous <laughs> rock band when you're eleven? Yeah. Um, so and surviving. Oh, that it? that was the thing I was going to say earlier. I was ta- talking to one of my coworkers. He goes, he goes, wait, they're they're still a thing. I was like, yeah, they they've been nonstop for like ever since. If you can he, do it, that's great. And he was just like, wait, wait, what? I didn't even know they put out an album, let alone like right. seven he albums. They just did a single. He's like, I thought, yeah. He was like, I thought they just had the one song and that was it. Um. And like a lot of one of my coworkers confused them with the Jonas Brothers. Um, he's like, "Aren't they all married to models?" I was like, um, "I think those are other people." Um, but uh, so, what I actually want to talk about was the show itself, because you know, music aside, whatever. Um, I haven't been to another like produced concert. I would say and probably a decade, which is a thing I didn't realize uh-huh. because as long as I was in bands, I was like, why would I pay for this? I'd go to shows for free. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm playing in them. Um, so one of the things that really, I think was the, the most impressive thing, actually the, the second, I'll say this is the second most impressive Lay it thing. on me, man. Uh, I'm they, ready for they it. came out and I think they played five or six songs back to back. Okay. Like just 20 minutes straight music, no no breaks. Okay. Uh, and it was like all like their upbeat stuff. You mean so they it's didn't like, break for prayer? In between. They didn't break for it. <laughs> I'm saying like... There wasn't communion. Usually you go to a show and like a band finishes a song and it'll be like, hey, thanks for coming. Da, da, da. Yeah, we're Hanson. This, song, this song's called whatever, whatever. Like just like a brief reprise for like everybody to like catch their breath yeah yeah like they would like finish a song and, and as soon as the song was in it, it they would just go straight into the next song i've heard you know i hear sometimes about big acts doing like two and three hour long shows i don't understand how people have stamina for that yeah no this was about um hour and a half two hours somewhere in that That's range crazy two hours even an hour and a half of playing a show would kill me i would be dead um so that was the first thing that was like super impressive to me is that they just put together like the the first twenty minutes and it was just like boom 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 yeah. like just straight. So basically they come out they're like hey what's up San Diego da, 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 da. Uh, which brings me to the thing that was actually the most impressive thing and I think it was at House of Blues which is the, and I don't think they actually sold it out so I would I don't know how many people were there I know technical sellout at House of Blues I think is a thousand uh huh. Um, so I don't know how many people were actually there, but I know the area that is like the, so where my wife and I were was like underneath the balcony, Mm -hmm. like where the balcony corners are. Right. Um, and I would say everyone who was in front of the balcony area, which I would guess is like, I don't know, like a good two, 300 people that cluster at least off the first two albums, I would say like 80% of the people in that cluster knew every word to every song oh, off no. of the first two albums. Everyone was singing along. So it was super. So that to me was actually the most mm. impressive thing is that hardcore. Fans. If they did a soft song, like with like softer singing, they could have like stopped singing. Wow. And they probably could have stopped playing 
And all, all of these people could have just sang the rest of the song. Like, what it is, was what really was like demo- surreal. What was the demographic there? Like, what kind of people were Um, around? A lot of, like, late 20s, early, mid-30s women. Okay. Um, there were... I was by far like the only dude there, but I think a lot of the dudes were like out on the edges. So this this cluster I'm talking about, so I would say, was lot, largely women. A lot of ladies. Yeah, I'm not surprised, but it's like it's impressive. It's impressive to be able to be for them to have a career in music for so long and have such a strong following and be able to make it. As I'm good for them. I'm stoked for them. Well, I mean, I, I imagine that's probably how their following was the first time around. Oh, sure. When they, they were, were like cute teeny bopper kids. Those 12-year-old you know? girls. Yeah. Um, and so now all those 12-year-old girls are, you know, like my wife was 12, I think, my 12 wife. or 13 when Hanson broke out. Right. And now she's whatever, however the hell old she is. Doesn't now, look a now, day over 25. When you, when you were looking out over the sea of women... Did at any point did you feel like it was scary? <laughs> um, so, was, it, was it spooky? <laughs> no. Oh man. Um, the one thing that I did that I did uh, at the very beginning, <laughs> they have like the text coming out, like checking out like the roadies and whatever, checking uh-huh. the checking the equipment, and one of them one of them walks out, and I go to Melissa, hey. Which which Hanson is that? <laughs> and these and like a couple people turned around and started laughing like, oh, that guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were just they were really tight. They uh, of course you know the band is technically the three brothers, but they only tour they tour as a five piece. So they bring in a bass player because none of them are bass players, and they had another guy who uh, was either playing guitar or. Um, Excuse me, or like, like keyboard, like pads. Hmm. So very small uh, setup, and I mean they they definitely like. I mean, I won't say they play the songs like the album because you know their first couple albums came out when they were kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, I asked Melissa, I was like, I was like, so those some of those songs, like uh, I listened to the recordings, and it seemed like they were different. She's like, yeah, they had to like change the keys on a few of them. <laughs> Uh, she said one of the songs, like they literally changed the key within like a year of that song coming out. That's funny. Puberty hit hard, yeah. huh? Um, but yeah, it was like a, it was a super good show. Um, and again, like I think the thing that was the most impressive part of it was just like, I, I haven't been to a, a concert in a long time. So when they first came out and started playing, I was like, man, that's, that's really loud. But I had, after like the first couple songs, I felt like I had adjusted to the music. Uh-huh. I never adjusted to when they were like taking a break and they're like, oh man, San Diego, you guys are crazy tonight. And the room was like, everybody just started yelling, like, like just like, losing their like mind, reacting to it. It was so freaking loud. It's like, I mean, it was like <laughs> jet engine noise loud. It was ridiculous. Did that scare you? Yeah, because I thought I was going to be deaf. <laughs> so you were scared of losing your hearing? Very spooky. <laughs> so yeah, that was my week. Um, I'm, I'm again, like, I don't know. It's they were. I would say they're one of those bands that like I would ne- have never gone out of my way to be like, oh sure. yeah, they're coming to town. Like I should go check that out. 
but it was a good show. I definitely can't be like. Oh, what yeah. was your What was your gear like? You see anything um, interesting on stage? The uh, the Isaac who only plays guitar, like all their acoustics. I think at least most of the acoustics that came out were Taylor's. Okay. Um, but he has a guitar. Actually, I wanted to show this to you if I can get it up. Get it up, Steve. Um, it, I want to see it. It, it is <laughs> um, from a brand called Giffen. Giffen. Um, and it is a really, I thought it was really cool. Um, if I can find the shape. Oh, here it is. So it's kind of like a firebird, oh, pointy firebird thing. I actually really like the way the, the lower horn cuts away. It's just straight. I don't all the way know down. if I like this. It was really like I kept looking. I stared at it for the longest time. I was like, "What That's is that?" That's so bizarre. It's a lot of different things combined together. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, the amps were matchless, uh, which I posted to the Instagram. It's almost like that 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 Saint Vincent Ernie ball. Yeah, kind on of the, on the top horn, and then a Firebird on the d- bottom. It's like a Jazzmaster on the bottom horn. But then it's all got Firebird like aesthetics going on, and then a really weird like swept V on the butt end of it. Yeah, it's like so bizarre. It's like pointed, but not quite. It's very, uh, it's very Star Trek logo. It is very Star Trek logo. It's spacey. Uh, yeah, I I thought it was a really cool looking guitar. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, matchless amps. We were on the other side of the stage, which I didn't think about because uh, when we first came in, I would just walk towards the stage. And then Melissa was like, no, we should like this. Is, she's like, this isn't a good spot. We should go to the other side. Hmm. And of course, what I didn't realize at the time is like going one, going to the other side of the stage. My wife plays piano, so it puts her on the piano side of the stage. Also, it puts her. Uh, puts put us in front of the, like the the member that was like the heartthrob member. Oh, I see. Who also like sing was like the main vocalist in the group. So you were in the splash zone. We were in the splash zone. <laughs> uh, More like the sploosh zone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about something other than Hanson. This is turned into the Hanson podcast. Do Let's talk about Hanson.com. That's us. Uh, let's tackle the first ad. How yeah, this, that? this first ad was sent to us by AdZant, Michael Van Zant, the AdZant. Uh, this is a one-of-a-kind custom guitar. Uh, it says, this is a hand-built custom guitar. It was built to my specifications and is one-of-a-kind. It was built by Icon Custom Guitars. The body is made from a fiber composite mold and is semi-hollow. The neck is flat and wide and has a custom spine inlay on the fretboard. The headstock is bolt-on with locking machine heads. The pickups are passive humbuckers, custom designed by guitarist Nocturno Colto of the black metal band Dark Throne. Two-way toggle switch and volume knob. This is the best metal guitar you'll find. Awesome tone. The neck is flat, thin, and wide, and different than any guitar I've ever played. May take some getting used to. I had this guitar custom built in 2014. I waited nearly a year for it to arrive. I really don't want to sell it, but I need to. Price is $1,200 cash. Very firm. Um, the pickups are... Uh, the neck pickup is a necro bucker. Uh-huh. The bridge pickup is a death dealer. And it says that written on the pickups large enough that an audience member could read it. Uh, there's a lot going on with this guitar. First of all, let's rewind a little bit. Did you say bolt-on headstock? I did say bolt-on headstock. 
you gotta if you're listening to this right now, you gotta pull up the picture off of the imager. It is a headstock that is literally bolted onto the neck of the guitar. I'm not sure how to describe it in a way that it'll make sense. Uh, all I can say about it is you don't have to worry about that Gibson 17 degree brake angle. No kidding. There's an extreme brake angle on this. I want to see a different shot of that nut. That nut looks crazy. This whole thing is, is that's the most, I mean, this guitar is already crazy. Like the, the body looks like it was made out of like the Necronomicon yeah. from Army of Darkness. Uh, or There's like guts and stuff. Yeah, it's got intestines back below the bridge. There's parts of it that are like like webs of like alien goo in between the parts of the body and you can see through it. I think there's only one knob. Uh, yeah, I only see one knob too. Uh, but it's kind of like a like a BC Rich sort of shape, but really like full of slimy looking devil horn style like knots and pieces of crust and intestine and guts and ooze. It's a very spooky guitar. It's definitely like hitting that horror movie genre. I'd almost say it's it's got like a satanic theme going on. I'm I'm a big fan of that spine inlay too. I wish I could have that on a dinosaur ghost guitar. That is, I think that's a nice touch. Yeah, it's that's it's the one part of it where I was like, oh, that that works. I think. I think the, the rest, whole thing works. It works all together. I'm just, I don't know. Like you, you wouldn't be able to play this guitar in in the band Gore because it would just blend into the <laughs> background too much. Like it would just look too at home. But could you church this? Uh, it depends on the church. I mean, if the, if you're talking about the Church of Satan, I'm sh- I'm sure it would fit in just fine. <laughs> one of my coworkers came to me and he goes, "Hey, I got a question for you, and it might be kind of a dumb one, but you know, I know that you're like, kind of like a religious, spiritual person, so um, so I hope that you know. I figured that means you'll be forgiving uh, for <laughs> this question if it's if it's dumb. But and he's just like going on and on, and he's like he's like, and then he goes, unless you know that church is the church of Satan, in which case I guess I'm out of luck. And I was like, I've actually heard those guys are pretty nice guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, then it was an actual work related question, kind of disappointing. Ah, bummer. So he didn't uh, ask you to lead him in prayer. <laughs> he didn't. I don't even remember what he asked me, but I was like, uh, yeah, let me walk you through this work related question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have anything else to say about this I know. weird guitar? I got nothing. You're bored by it, Steve? You're yawning? It's Like I said, it's been a long week. Yeah, it's been a long week, hasn't it? It's been hot, too. Yeah. And we managed to land our recording day uh, on a day where it's not at the peak of the heat wave, which yeah. is nice. The last couple of heat waves, we've been in the thick of it. When we record. This is the coolest day this week. And oh, I, think, so cool. I think the high was still like... I mean, it's spooky. 80, 88 degrees or something. It <laughs> chills me to my bones. This is the worst Halloween scare-tacular ever. <laughs> the only chills I've been getting are my body shutting down from, from dehydration. <laughs> that sounds pretty scary, but more in like a medical yeah, sort of yeah. way. All right, do we want to tackle this topic? Yeah, uh, so today... Uh, meaning Friday. Meaning Friday, the day that we record, uh, Pro Guitar Shop announced that they are closing their doors. It's crazy. Their internet doors. Uh, 
and liquidated. Weren't they a physical shop too for a while? They were, and, and they shut down their physical shop a few years ago and became an internet shop. And now they are shuttering their internet shop and sending their remaining inventory to the Pro Guitar Shop warehouse sale on Reverb. That's um, crazy. Andy Martin, who's Andy at Pro Guitar Shop, not to be confused with Randy from Pro Grill Shop. No, not at all. Different person um, completely. And You mean uh, professional grill shop. Professional grill shop. Yeah. Um, will be going over to uh, Reverb as well to make continue making videos under the Reverb brand, I guess. I wonder if he's going to be doing that satellite, like he's going to do it in... Portland, or if he's going to relocate. Oh, I didn't think about that. Because Reverb's based out of Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it depends on whether or not he was recording at PGS, or if that was just his own like home setup. That's a good point. That is a good point. Um, so yeah, so that's happening, and it sounds like um, Reverb uh, will also continue uh, making Tone Report, which yeah. I've heard different things. Some people have said that they think that uh, the tone report because they say uh, uh, Reverb and Andy Martin have partnered to conti- car- partnered to carry the torch, continuing to support and produce the PGS and Tone Report content you've all grown to love. Um, so there's some speculation that 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 actually means that Tone Report is ending, um, and they will become like their own that it'll that that content will just be rolled into reverbs right. content their right. their uh blogging online blogging content so uh, that's kind of up in the air obviously andy will will probably continue to make videos oh that's sure his deal um so yeah uh i've actually i've seen mostly uh uh, so this was done because I guess the guy who was like the founder of the company died recently. I, it's, um, it sounds like he might have died a couple of years ago, and this is just – it's been winding up to this. Right. Um, I honestly don't know when he died. I, I, don't, I don't really know either. And I'm not going to make any spooky death jokes or ghost jokes about it. Like, oh, my God. This is a real person. Talking about. Um, so Even though this is the Halloween Scaretacular. <laughs> so um, – in general, I think most people are seem pretty bummed about it, um, but are also like happy that Andy just became a is now under the Reverb flag. Yeah, I mean Reverb just because it gives him you know somewhere to land. Reverb's a super great organization from our perspective, anyways. As, yeah, as people who sell through it and buy through it and have other dealings with it, I don't know what it would be like to be an employee and work through them in that sort of way. I hope it's good for Andy. I hope Andy uh, is doing just fine. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's feels like a bummer because PGS has been such a part of the landscape of the guitar world and the gear world for the past, you know, handful of years. Right. It's going to be really weird to not have them around and not be like, Oh, go check it out on pro guitar shop. You know? Yeah. I sign up for the, uh, tone report free pedal Friday every week. I have not one yet. Not surprising, Steve. Probably if I most would've... people win things immediately when they probably enter. Probably if I would have won, then you would know about it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Do we have anything else to say about that? I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess the question is uh, this: being like an online retailer, like how you know is this is this a thing? Obviously, like the details surrounding this 
have to do with, you know, the, uh, the founder dying and just the, uh, it seemed like maybe this was an eventual, like a eventuality. Yeah. It sounds like sorts. the family is, is either not prepared or not interested in continuing on the shop, right. which um, is totally, I get it. I mean, it's a lot of work. It's a passion project to run anything, any business that's music related. And if you're not the person who is doing it, it's probably quite a burden. Right. Uh, but I guess in turn, like that's all it, the question now is, you know, is this also just a, uh, a microcosm, I guess, of, of things to come? Like, will this just be uh, the first, the first internet shop? Is to, it a sign of the times? To domino, to domino. But it's like completely different, a different scenario than what would bring down most shops. Like, True. It's not like, oh, we just couldn't cut it. It's like, oh, we just, we don't want to do this anymore. Right. But, you know, if things, but it might have been something behind the scenes where if, if, if it, things were super smooth, then maybe they, they, they would have just passed it on to a different investor or something right. like that. Who knows? Who knows? Nobody knows. Yeah. Well, somebody knows. Well, we don't know. We're just the one, we're ones, we're people who don't know. It's a mystery for us. Yep. <laughs> Is there any other way we can stretch this out and make nope. it more uncomfortably long? Nope. No, you don't think so? I mean, I could tie it into. I wonder if Hanson ever Hollywood's... shopped at Pro Guitar Shop. Oh, probably. You think Hanson shopped there? Well, let's talk about that for about 10 or 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This ad was sent to us by Casey Babcock, who I was told never listens to the show. Uh, but whatever. Hi, Casey. Are you listening? He says, not going to lie. These are cool looking for someone's DIY paint job. Looks sweet. These do look sweet. They do. Uh, the these are a pair of basses, both jazz basses. Uh, one is a five string jazz, the other is a four string jazz. One is in green, the other it's, one is pink. It's amazing to me that these uh, these model basses are so popular, but you hardly ever hear people playing jazz these days. Who's buying these things? I don't know. I don't know. That like the jazz master. I've never seen a j- actual master of jazz playing a jazz master. Yeah, I know. I've also never seen an actual Jaguar playing a Jag Fender Jaguar. We all know guitars are named for the genres and the types of people or animals or inanimate objects that will be playing them. Like the Stratocaster is played by a layer of our atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Everyone sure. knows that. Uh, the Telecaster is played by... Televisions. Oh, tele- oh. <laughs> I was going to say telephone wires. <laughs> telephone wires, sure. Televisions and telephones come together to play the Telecaster. Uh, the Gibson Les Paul was only played by Les Paul and is now played only by the ghost of Les Paul. Ooh. There's a nice little spooky drop, Steve. Ooh, chills are going up my spine. Thinking about dead old Les Paul. You go by his grave and you can still hear him playing all those Les Pauls to this day. Every uh- single one ever made. That's why the quality has really gone down. It's because ghosts don't really need guitars to be high quality. <laughs> um, so I, I actually, so the, the, there's one that's a green and it looks like it's got a black top. I, I feel like if I saw this in person, like, and was really up close to it, I would hate it. Probably. I, I'm going to describe the pink one because I strangely really like what's going on here. Uh, you can tell that it was a sunburst model. Yeah. Originally. Uh, that would have had some sort of pit guard because there's a routed channel to the control plate. But then they've put a stencil over it to make like tiger stripes uh-huh. and then spray painted the whole thing pink. And when they pulled away the stencil where the, like say if it was a tiger, where the black stripes would have been, 
the sunburst is coming through the pink. So you get little glimpse of sunburst coming through and something about it, like on paper, if you describe this to me, I'd be like, that would never work. That would look so stupid. But in the photo, it looks really cool to me. I dig that look for some reason, even though it's completely stupid. It's just a dumb idea. The green one, I'm just kind of like, ah, it looks like a spray job. It's just a big green base. But that pink one with the tiger stripes, I'd play that. I'd play a guitar that looks like that for yeah, sure. I know you would. <laughs> Steve has no doubt that I would play that. Would you play one of these? Um, it would be, have to be contextual. I definitely would have played the pink one in YFB. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, the green one, like I said, it would really come down because I... I like the idea of it. So this green one looks like somebody sprayed the front green, and I like that color green. Um, and then the edges, it doesn't look like they did anything, so it's like still a black. The whole back paint and job. Sides. The whole paint job is a little uneven. Yeah, but I think that looks kind of neat. It, it's like Slimer green, you know, like from the Ghostbusters. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like that scary Tell ghost me more. movie. I mean, yeah, I really. I thought Kate McKinnon was really good in that movie. Oh. <laughs> um, was that a joke? I don't know who that is. That was the that's the the science one, the blonde the blonde one that has the science glasses, and she's like, "Hey, I'm in Ghostbusters." Oh, you're talking about the new Ghostbusters movie. Okay, I don't know the names of actors. I don't know the names of all the actors in the original Ghostbusters. So it's like, uh, uh, who's that? Harold, Harold Ramis. <laughs> Well, here we go. Uh, Dan Aykroyd. Well, I know Dan Aykroyd, and I know Bill Murray. Bill Murray. And... Uh, You're going to seem like a racist if Win- you don't know and, the name of the black guy. Winston Zedmore. Is that his real name or his character name? That's his real name. Okay. That's his character name. I don't know. Dang it. That's always, his real name. I always assumed that he was the stand-in for the audience. Remember? It was originally supposed to be... Um, oh, Ernie Hudson. Okay. I should have known that, but he was originally he still like a racist. Uh, it was originally supposed to be Eddie Murphy, apparently. Oh, that would have been terrible. Because um, then it would have been an Eddie Murphy movie. Yeah. Well, back then it wouldn't have been an Eddie Murphy movie because Eddie Trading Places isn't an Eddie Murphy movie. It is though. I always think of it as a Dan Aykroyd movie. No, 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 no. Uh, well, anyway, so I guess that's what they, they originally wanted. Um, Eddie Murphy chews up the screen. Like, he chews up all your attention when he's, when he's on the screen. Like, you can't slip him into a buddy romp like that. All right, all right. <laughs> all right, let's move on. I'm not here to argue about the you know about whether or not Eddie Murphy's made a watchable movie in oh, the, he's in, definitely, the, in the last twenty it's years. It's been a long time, but for a while he was hot. He's hot stuff. Eddie, Mur- Eddie Murphy, I don't think has made a movie where he is the the number one star in the movie that and had it be a good movie. He needs to Mel Gibson for a long time. He needs to start making cameos where it's like, yeah, I'm here, deal with it. You know what I mean? Is that what Mel Gibson does? Yeah, he just shows up in movies like, whoa, there's Mel Gibson, and he's just like playing like a weird drug dealer or something. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like he just I needs don't. to show up in like like background roles in movies where it's like, wow, I can't believe he's in this. Maybe he doesn't want to act anymore. I don't know. He's got that Beverly Hills cop movie money coming in. Yep. All all that money. Yeah, he just all sits that on that coming in. Beverly Hills cop cash. Just keeps him going. 
Uh, all right, let's tackle the next topic. Yeah, what is the next topic? I someone on our little topic uh, call out on the Facebook group uh, was asking about how Halloween sucks for adults, but it's great for kids, sort of oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we were chatting about that in the pre-ep. We're like, well, what if we tackle it from, like, let's talk about playing gigs on Halloween, like as bands and as musicians. Right. Uh, I've all, I know that we must have played a Halloween show every now and then when, when we were in a band together, but I'm in a ghost-themed band currently. Uh-huh. Um. And so for the past four or five years, whatever it's been, I've always been really excited to be like, guys, let's book a Halloween show. Let's book a Halloween show. They never turn out great. They're always kind of a bummer. But you think like, oh, this is it. This is our night. Like Halloween parties. Every bar is going to be packed. But they right. aren't. I think really. Halloween itself is a tough concert night. I think you really got to do like a like find a place that has a good draw on like theme nights and then do something like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's like Halloween is tough too because it almost never falls on a Friday or a Saturday. Right, right. Like this year, it's a Tuesday uh, holiday. So it's like people, you know, some people are going out and partying Tuesday night, but most people are doing their thing Saturday and Friday. I actually, I I went and shot video at a Halloween party last night. Really? For part of my job. And it was uh, was very interesting. I'll tell you about it off off air. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's always just kind of a bummer playing a Halloween show. Do you remember what we did when we were in a band together? Um, did we play, like, a costume party or something like that? We played – I know we did one Halloween at – um, actually, with uh, Coe's band, Honor Wounds. Oh, yeah, we played we it, like, a, like all venture. ages, like a like church venue. Yeah, and then we did a couple – That was an okay show. I think we did um, once or twice – the maybe it's just once the the it was called like Scream Fest or something, which was like the metal show oh, yeah. at like the local Christian yeah, college. I remember that. That was the one where you got your, your glasses. Yeah, smashed. I got kicked in the face by some guy who didn't think I was metal enough. Well you weren't, Steve. Yeah, so I How guess dare you kick that guy in the face, he's not metal. Yeah. Guys, I saw someone who's not metal enough. Oh let's uh, physically assault him. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. That, were you scared? No. Oh. Uh, but my mom w- found out the next day, and she's like, you could have died in your sleep from a concussion. Thanks for telling us you got kicked in the face. It never happens in the movies. People get kicked in the face all the time. Yeah, what the heck? Wouldn't that be a terrible end to a movie? Like, the hero gets kicked in the face, <laughs> and, and he, he blacks out. And then the next scene is everyone's like, wow, he just like died after that. Like, you yeah. thought he was going to get back up. And they like... The day is never saved. He I mean, just that's dies. basically Million Dollar Baby, right? Yeah, basically. All right. Um, so, yeah, we did those two. Um, I'd say those were more successful shows for Halloween than any of the Dinosaur Ghost shows I've done on Halloween. Well, and that's what I mean. Like, both of those had kind of, like, built-in audiences because yeah, cause they're they kids. were, like, they were either, like, uh, a ch- like, so the one that we did at the Christian College was... Um, Attached to like a festival that they put on the, across the street, like a big old like like a carnival yeah, thing yeah. that they do. And then the other one was like a place that they were just a norm, like the local teen hangout. Yeah, it's like during a teen the day. Center. And so at night they're like, "Oh, we're gonna do this Halloween party. Everyone come dressed up." Um, so we did those two. I don't remember if we did any other ones. It seems like we've cracked the code here. The code is like. 
if you're going to have a good Halloween show, there has to be kids involved because when there's adults involved, involved, Halloween just becomes kind of a bummer. And even for like, like bar parties and whatever, like you, like you watch movies and you think like, Oh, that's where the crazy party is. Like right. adults are all dressed in all sexy and like getting drunk and, you know, having crazy costumes and whatnot. But really it's just kind of everyone gets hot and frustrated in their costumes and kind of abandons them and then just does normal bar stuff and really isn't into the bands at all because they didn't come to the bar for the band like a normal show. Right. They came to the bar because they thought they were supposed to go out on Halloween to have a good time and they didn't know where else to go. So you end up just being a, nu- a nuisance to them the whole time. Can you play quieter? I can't <laughs> hear my friend. Well, you, get those, you get those looks of people looking like, oh, when are they going to stop? Yeah. I want to hear, hear, you know, like whatever Halloween song Katy Perry made. When is a DJ starting? Yeah, when there's the DJ. And that's the thing, too. There's always, you know, whatever venue you're playing as a band on Halloween you just have to realize that the only reason you're playing is because the venue couldn't find a DJ. All the, <laughs> all the good DJs got booked up that night, and that's where the crowds are, or at the, the big club downtown that's got the big EDM DJ who's got a real spooky mix of all the top 40 hip-hop and EDM songs. Yeah. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the other angle of this, of just being adults and having kids and... Halloween kind of sucking. This year, it's the first year that um, one of my kids, well, yeah, one of my kids is going to go trick-or-treating, like actual trick-or-treating. Okay. Because we've always just done like the the church parking lot deal. Oh, really? Um, Because it's simple and and our neighborhood's not super, our neighborhood's not trick-or-treatable at all. Yeah, it's it's a little Um, tough. So this year she got invited by one of her friends to go trick or treating with them. So we're going to do that in Claremont. Hey, there you go. So, which is much more suburban than where I live. So there's not a lot of trick or treating. Like you're like in a condo, like a condo village. Yeah. So the one year, um, the first year that we lived there, we we stayed home to like pass out candy, and I think we only passed out candy to two different people. And one of them was our next door neighbor uh-huh. uh, who had a, a, like an eight year old. The next year, um, I don't remember what was going on, but we weren't home and we just left out a bowl of candy. And when we came back, the entire bowl was still there. Like <laughs> it didn't look like any of it. That's had been not touched. a good sign. So we just haven't done anything ever since. Yeah. It's uh, a bit of a bummer. And like I said, like I've never, like, I guess there's one other family in my building now. And I don't think there's any kids in the building that's like parallel to mine. So I know there's kids in the neighborhood, but I don't know where they go. And there's like probably not enough kids to actually, like I said, to really stick around for. Yeah. Our neighborhood's interesting because I live like butted up into the back of the neighborhood and there's nothing behind us. So we're kind of like the dark back street that no one goes behind Uh, for Halloween. Like I always get candy every year to get to the trick or treaters and almost no one comes to our house, but then you go block up the road and it's just swarming with kids. There's so many kids around trick or treating. So now that my kid's getting older, we have been walking around with him and he's gets a kick out of trick or treating. 
my wife made a pretty pretty involved costume for him this year. So that'll be fun. It's fun to watch him go around and ask for candy and have a fun time. Uh, but yeah, generally Halloween always feels just kind of anticlimactic for me as an adult. Fair. And it has been for a long time. So it's like, I just stay home and watch a movie if I don't have a gig. And if I yeah. do have a gig, I hype it up in my mind more than I should. And then it just always kind of disappoints. This is going to be the year. This is going to be the craziest year where a ghost theme band, people are going to love it. And it just never works out that way. So I didn't even try this year. I didn't even like try to like book a gig. I think I think my bassist is out of town anyway. So your bassist is always out of town. I know he's got he's got this travel bug. He's always going somewhere. All right, do we want to tackle this last ad? No, I want to do some housekeeping. Oh, housekeeping! Let's do it. Yeah, uh, thanks to Joshua Bratt for uh, joining the inner circle. Yeah, um, accept one of our friend requests so we can add you to the group. Well, mostly just Ryan's because I didn't send you one. Damn, Steve! That's one of the perks of joining the inner circle. One of us will friend request you on Facebook, and yeah. that's like that's got to be a nice feeling. I right? just haven't gotten to it. You'll do it, so Steve. I guess I won't. You'll do it. It only, well, anyways, needs, it except, only needs to be one. Accept my request, and I'll get you in the group, dude, and we'll uh, we'll get you all of your goodies. Yep. Thanks for supporting us. He did the option of just PayPaling us a full year's worth of fees to be in there. Yeah. Uh, so that's nice. We yeah, we don't thanks. mind that at all. Get it all up front. Yeah, and like sidestep the uh, the fees from Podbean. Yep. Which is cool. Uh, so if you want to learn more about how to support the show, head on over to 60cyclehumpcast.com and click on the link that says support the show. Yep. All right, this last ad is sent by Tom McCann. It's a mangled PVT60. And by PV, I mean the letters P and the letter V. Electric guitar, $175. It is funny that he wrote it that way. Early 80s PV electric guitar, modified ash body. You think? (laughs) Yeah, it's a little modified. Uh, this guitar looks really bad. I would, would say, you say, Steve, would you say that this guitar looks scary? I think the images of this guitar will haunt me Whoa. for many there's, fortnights to come. There's the scaretacular participation I was waiting for. Um, <laughs> no, I will say like this guitar, I feel like has some kind of like burned motif going on yeah and i don't hate that what i hate blotchy though what i hate is all of the missing wood i need that wood in my life man i get that these guitars are heavy this is not the way to weight relief one of these (laughs) like there's too much missing the shape of these guitars is not bad like if you if i was going to weight relief a t60 i would route out big chunks out of the back and put like pit guard over it and yeah, like do like or a semi-hollow, like you ha- you've chambered sort of thing. You probably got a ton of space underneath the pit guard between where oh, the yeah. controls well, the, and the pickups that are. That was not the stock pit guard. Uh, no, it, it's that, probably you, yeah, um, yeah. That is something else going on there. Maybe it was cut out of the stock pit guard. I think that's what happened. But then they like spray painted it or something. Right? Yeah. I, it looks bad. I feel very sad for this guitar. <laughs> I feel like we need to have a funeral for this guitar and put it into the ground and put dirt on it. And I hope it doesn't come out of the ground and haunt me. When this guitar finally dies, uh-huh. will its ghost be a standard PVT-60 or will it still Ooh, be mangled like this? That's a good question. Well, I mean, if we're 
If it's a Star Wars style ghost, it's going to be intact. Well, if it's a Star Wars style ghost, it will uh, revert into whatever design that Hartley Peavy based his T60 off of. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, man, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that if this is a ghost, oh wait, no, I is, got that backwards. If the, if the, if it's a Star Wars ghost, then when this guitar dies, it will become the T60 reissue model from the '90s. <laughs> uh, if this, like, following spooky ghost rules, if this guitar died, it would come back as a mangled-looking ghost with some extra rot on it. Where it'd be like, "Wow, that ghost was in the ground for a while," and that would make it extra, extra spooky. But if you can help the T60 ghost figure out like what it needs to do so that it can be released from our plane of existence, uh-huh. then it will revert back into a pristine T60 as it ascends to the uh, the next realm of existence. That's that's what I'm guessing, anyways. Okay. You don't have anything to add to that? I don't have anything to add to that. You think this guitar's got haunting mids? Steve, do you think this guitar has haunting mids? I heard you the first time. (laughs) All right. uh, Thanks to Sinusoid for sponsoring this episode. Uh, Sinusoid.com for all of your cable needs because they make cables. And they make a cable with a warranty that's going to outlive you. And your ghost is going to come back looking for that cable. You're going to haunt your kids and your grandkids looking for your your awesome sinusoid cable with a 100-year guarantee. Wish I thought of that angle for the intro of the show. Yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot better. Much better. Much cleaner than the ghost cable concept at the beginning of the show. Yeah, that was terrible. Dang it, Ryan. All right, this week's song is called Bad Buzz. Um, it was sent by um, Bruce Kumquat, I yeah. believe. I, I heard this song on his YouTube channel, and I was like, this song is freaky and scary. We got to have it on our Halloween Scaretacular. Yep. So here it is. Enjoy. Thanks. Bye. Don't you mean boo? No. No. 